Hi everybody, this is Vicki and Chuck is in the other room. I'm going to be playing some of his music later. I hope I'm going to be able to do a music video. Um, it just depends on how I do on time today, but um, it is 2.19 in the afternoon on September 14th, 2021. That's here in the in the central US or on central time. We want to say thank you guys so much for coming to the channel. And if you're not on our channel, if you're watching on YouTube, please do come to the channel. We we love that other people are uh, getting the videos out there and everything. But the deal is we cannot see your comments if you want to leave a comment if you're doing it on someone else's channel. So if you want to if you want to get in touch with us or if you want to leave a comment, you want to join the prayer team, you want to have prayer, um, you want to send us an email, just please come to the channel and you can find all the information there to do that. Um, we want to also say thank you to everyone who's joining us for morning sessions. <clears throat> and I apologize, I have, um, I have seasonal allergies. I'm pretty sure that's what's wrong with my voice. So please excuse me when I cough or clear my throat. Um, let's see. Oh, and that reminds me, my phone needs to clear its throat too. I gotta turn that thing off. And also, we wanna say thank you to all of our supporters. Those of you who are supporting us through prayer, you guys, my goodness sakes, we cherish your prayers. We really do. And all of you who are leaving comments and sending us emails, we love hearing from you. Sometimes it takes me a little bit of time to get back to you, but uh, I will. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so just be patient with me. Also, we want to say thank you to all of you who are praying over the prayer videos uh, or the prayer requests that come through each week. We thank our prayer teams, our prayer team leader, Teresa. We thank uh, all of you on the channel who are praying without us knowing who you are. God bless you. Uh, we'd love to have you join a prayer team if you want to, but you don't have to. We, we just want people to be praying because we all need it. <clears throat> also, and this is, it seems like it's not a big thing, but it is a big thing to Chuck and to me. We thank you guys so much. Those of you who have chosen to help us financially. I don't know, I d maybe when we were a lot younger, we could have done it all. <laughs> we could have done the uh, all of the ministry stuff and still worked full-time jobs. And I could still have taken care of the house and done all the other things I'm responsible for outside of this. but. Now at this age, I really can't. Um, it takes all of my energy to do what I do. And we thank God regularly, every day. We are thanking the Lord for all of the help that uh, you guys have given us to be able to continue to do this. We don't ask for money for ministry. We feel like Father, <clears throat> well, I know he told me 21 years ago to ask him for money. And I knew that when he told me, he was telling me because he wanted me to ask him for money for the work that he had. And uh, I guess that also included being able to survive so we can do the work. Um, so, so thank you, you guys, you make it possible for us to keep doing this. If people wanna send us money to help with the ministry we do, that's awesome. All you have to do is let us know that's what you're doing. I'm not going to ask you to do that. And this is not a plea for you to do that either. This is just me laying it all out there. I'm very transparent, <clears throat> excuse me. And so whether it's to help us personally be able to take care of our personal responsibilities so that we don't have to try to work and do this, which I couldn't do, then, uh, 
you can let us know if you want, you know, how, whatever you want to do. We just want to say thank you to those of you who have helped us. And, and you mean an awful lot. And so do all of you, everyone who's praying for us for this work. I really, truly, I know we're not supposed to covet, but I honestly covet, strongly desire your prayer over me, over this work, over Chuck, over our home and our our families. I really do. I'm really asking you for that, guys. Okay. So because I need physical strength. Chuck runs circles around me. It seems like he's able to do a thousand times more things than I am. But um, anyway, so please, please keep us in prayer. And I know I've taken a lot of time to say all that, but I feel like it's really important. I asked Father a few days ago because there were there were emails I was getting and still continue to receive. There were uh, messages from other of God's ministers that I was hearing. And Father was just really talking to me about a lot of this stuff. And um, so this video today is going to be about a couple of things. And, um, and just to give you assurance if you need it uh, from me, although I always hope that you'll go to Father and ask him for his confirmation. I was, when I was talking to the Lord the other day, I said, Father, I need to hear clearly. These are the exact words. I sat down with my pen and paper and after all of this, knowing that there was something he wanted to put in me for all of us and uh, knowing that I needed clarity because there were so many different things. I wasn't sure what, what he wanted me to say. So here's what I said to him. I said, Father, I need to hear clearly. And he immediately replied, you have heard clearly. So I'm asking him, I asked him before I started this video and I'm asking you guys too, even though you'll watch it later, all things are present with God. So he'll hear your prayer, um, to pray for me with clarity and all the things he gives me so that I can bring them to you clearly. Okay. So I'm just, what I'm going to do, I think what I'm going to do, cause I keep asking him how he wants me to do this. Um, <clears throat> I think what I'm going to do is read some of it. And I took so many notes because he just kept saying things in different, uh, just like little vignettes of phrases. And so this isn't a, to my people signed God thing. This is more, here's understanding about this. Here's understanding about this. Here's an example over here. Okay. So, uh, so here we go. And because it all came at once, <laughs> let's say it like this too, because it all came at once, I was literally trying to pull things. I was writing as he gave me understanding, but at the same time, you'll notice that I went back and there were things that were said again in another way, but that were just like emphasizing what he'd said before. I hope this makes sense. 
Okay, guys, thank you for being patient with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, the first thing I said, Father, I need to hear clearly. He said, you have heard clearly. Love conquers, conquers all. The greatest of these are love. And he was using different scripture references. Love conquers all. The greatest of these is love. If I have not love, I'm a sounding brass tinkling cymbal. Um, love endures forever. It endures all things. Love hung on a cross. Love touched a leper. Love raised the dead. dead. Love believes all things. Love believes that God still heals, still redeems, still delivers, still forgives, still restores. Okay, and so here I'm, I'm going to take it into one area that has, that is really troublesome in the body of Christ right now. It's in the world, but also in the body of Christ. And that is this whole issue about uh, things that are being, um, I don't want to get this video <laughs> flagged and shut down. So I'm going to say that um, there's something that countries around the world are doing right now to their people and uh, their and people don't are not being given the option. They're being told that they have to do this thing. And so here's what the Lord said to ask you. Have you ever taken medicine, gotten a, a, like a vaccination when you were a kid or something? Have, do you wear a coat in cold weather? Do you lock your doors? Do you have you ever bought insurance? Do you eat food? So you ask. So he said to ask yourself, why did you do these things? Was it to be rebellious or disobedient? And of course it was not. <laughs> and so the question he said to ask you is, didn't you trust God? Now you guys, he's asking all of us. I'm I'm part of all of us. All of us these same things. Didn't you trust God for healing, for protection, and for safety? This um, this is a big issue in the body of Christ. I hear people say uh, that people that have done this thing that's being <clears throat> ordered to be done by leadership in different countries, uh, the people that have people are saying that those people that have gone ahead and done this are uh, damned to hell and they're going to become uh, zombies and all kinds of things. I hear people on the other side of the issue who have gone ahead and done what their governments have told them with regard to this medication, uh, say that they are, you know, that the people that haven't agreed to have this thing put in their bodies are, uh, well, they're just all kinds of bad things too. <laughs> so. So we know there are two sides. And, uh, and what I hear Father say, oh God, you have to put the words in my mouth. What I hear him say is what he said in the very beginning of this, love con conquers all. The greatest of everything is love. If I don't have love, I'm a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. Uh, love endures forever. Love endures all things. Love hung on a tree. Love touched a leper. Love raised the dead. Love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God still heals, still redeems, still delivers, still forgives, still restores. If we have ever done anything to try to protect ourselves somehow, whether it's put medication in our body no matter what that medication was, or we have uh, 
put food in our bodies to make sure we survive, or we've bought insurance to make sure that if our house burns down or our car, or we get in a wreck, that we have coverage to protect us. If we've done anything to protect ourselves, we cannot afford to look at anybody and uh, rebuke them because they've done what they believed was the right thing to do, whether it was or not. It doesn't even matter whether it was right to buy insurance or not, whether it was right to uh, get those things stuck in our arms when we were kids, whatever. It does. We can't sit in judgment. And, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of feedback about this. I'm not saying that doing that, taking that uh, thing that governments are requiring people to take into their bodies is the right thing to do. I am not saying anything about that part of the issue. What I'm saying is that I hear fathers saying, my people need to get past the, uh, get past all of the stuff and come back to the place of love. Whether you have done it or not, whether you're going to do it or not, you cannot look across to the other side of the room and see someone standing there whose choice was different than yours regarding this and condemn them. Satan is a huge deceiver and one of the biggest deceptions that's going on in the world right now is for people to be willing to be at war over decisions they're making about their own bodies. That is uh, wrong. We can't do that. You guys, we all will stand before Father one day and give an account for the decisions we've made. We can't look at somebody else. If I see somebody, and I said something about this in a video last week, I used myself as, as an example and said, if I do something that's wrong, if I sin, if I fail, and I think I'm doing the right thing, or I intentionally do the wrong thing, what I don't need is my husband to come and criticize me and belittle me and uh, reject me and turn away from me. God does not do that with his kids. And so we shouldn't be doing that with each other. This is the one of the big deceptions. I'm not saying it's the greatest deception, but it's one of the big deceptions that's out there today is the enemy is really doing everything he can to divide the body of Christ. Everything. I think that there is always a price we pay for the decisions we make. It doesn't matter if I see somebody who's in a trial and uh, they make the wrong decision or a test, I'll call it a test. If, if you're being tested in something and I'm watching you go through that test and to see if you're going to pass or fail, to see if you're going to go with God's side or you're going to go with the enemy's side, or you're going to just give it to your flesh. If I'm, uh, if I'm aware of your trial, your test, you got to know I'm also in a test about what you're going through. This is, this was a really big aha moment when the Lord said this, this way to me. And I'm not, let's see, I don't even know if I'm going to, I don't remember where it is in my notes, but I'm paraphrasing, but it was literally that every single thing is a test. I don't, it doesn't even matter what it is. 
Are you going to choose to spend time with the Lord today? Are you going to choose to eat? And if you are, what are you going to choose to eat if you have the option to choose? Are you going to be kind? Are you going to be critical? Are you going to be judgmental? Are you going to demonstrate love? Are you going to be patient? Every single thing is a test. They're all opportunities for us to make good godly choices. So when we see somebody who has done the opposite of what we think they should have do done, the question I really believe God asks us is, what are you going to do about what you see? Um, and, and you know, this is a really hard one when it comes to this whole thing about the uh, things that governments are requiring people to put in their bodies uh, through the medical profession. It's a really hard thing because on both sides of the issue, each side has information that they believe is accurate. And for the ones who are saying no to this thing that governments are requiring of their people, they, and I'm going to say they for everybody, I'm not going to, I'm not going to include me on either. So I'm just going to, I'm staying out of this part. I don't want people to, you know, go, oh, you this or that. The people who are in the camp that say, if you take that, then these are the things that are going to happen and then you are going to become dangerous to others. Um, and so I cannot be around you. Those people need to remember this. They need to remember that our savior touched a leper, our savior, uh, touch sick people all of the time. And so we have to look at our relationship with the Lord and decide where, where is our faith? Where is our confidence? Where is our trust? We're in such a huge, this is a huge moment for the body of Christ. It seriously is you guys. It's a huge moment for us to come to the place of what we trust or who it is we trust. If I trust God, and I'm not concerned with saving my own life, but I'm only concerned with trusting and pleasing my father, then I got to know that there are going to be circumstances that I'm going to be exposed to or put in that are going to be very uncomfortable, that could be very dangerous, and that could possibly cost me my life. But here's the deal. We talk a lot about in these messages, Father says a lot that we have to endure to the end. And I know that it's only by his grace that we're going to be able to do that. He's going to equip us to be able to do that. But we still have the choice of agreeing with him to do that or not. So, so when I look at the things that uh, he's been saying a lot through this messenger, um, the one thing he keeps saying is you have to endure to the end. That means you can't, you have to look at everything. You have to make your decision. And that was part of a recent message too. Thank you, Father, where he said, decide now, decide now. Are you going to try to protect your own life? Are you going to try to save your own life? Or are you going to do what I had to do? My son had to do lay down his life knowing full well he could have he could have touched the leper and gotten leprosy. He could have touched any number of people that he healed and gotten that disease. But his faith, his confidence, his trust was in God Almighty. He knew that he was there on assignment. He knew that he had purpose. And part of that purpose was to heal. And you guys, 
so are we. That is part of our purpose here too. It doesn't matter that we don't have, everybody has, not everybody has gifts of healing. That's not the issue. The issue is, will we love in spite of what we have to face, what we have to endure? Or will we turn our backs? It's going on even in the body of Christ. Will we turn our backs on one another? I heard of a, a pastor who said, you can't even come into this church unless you've had that stuff put in your body what okay okay that is so wrong it's so completely wrong so i look at both sides and i feel like father's looking at both sides and saying okay you guys are in a test on both sides whether you believe this is the mark of the beast or not whether you believe this is uh uh the right thing to do or not the deal is god's directive never changed love one another be willing to lay your lives down for one another and i know this is a scary thing because on both sides of that particular issue people are scared that if they interact with people who haven't gone the direction they've chosen to go that they could be risking their lives it's going to get a lot worse than it is right now. It's not going to just be about being, it's not just going to, this isn't the only trial, you guys. It's not just going to be about, well, I can't be around that person because they had the stuff put in their bodies, or I can't be around that person because they didn't. And it can't be a thing where we're standing and screaming at each other, which people are doing, and saying, get your mask on, do this, do that, and all this. It can't be that. Where is the love of God in the body? Where? is it when we have that kind of response uh, I, I feel very intensely about this because uh, because we've it's like we've thrown everything out the window when it comes to walking in this earth as representatives of our father in heaven who sent his son and had him walk in stuff in this earth and still he endured and still he went through and he still loved and you know it reminds me i'm thinking holy spirit's reminding me right now of the scripture although i know there is more than one application for this but the scripture where he said he who seeks to save his own life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, we understand that the Lord's saying you have to be willing to lay everything down and what you would like to have and do and all that kind of stuff and what, how you would like to choose to live your life and instead choose his way. Well, this is very much the same thing. We would like to choose to be able to be safe and protected and not have to be exposed to things that are out there. But here's the deal. It's only going to get more dangerous that way and so this is why i said i feel like father's kind of this is kind of like a what would be the term uh this is kind of a defining moment for many in the body of christ this is a time where we say okay well if this is the way it's going to be then I'm all in. I ha I'm not going to stop here just because it's getting a little bit dangerous and a little bit scary. I'm not going to go running off and trying to hide and all this kind of stuff. 
I'm going to do what Father wants me to do, which leads me to the next part. Thank you, Father. I'm so glad he's telling me how to do this because you guys, I seriously, I seriously don't know how to do this. The next part is, um, okay. Okay, let's say it like this. So many people are writing to us and uh, people leave comments. And I know this is a really big thing in the body of Christ. There are people who say, I can't hear God. I don't know how to hear. How do you hear God? I can't hear him. I can't hear him. I can't hear him. And yet at the same time, Father said, when he was here, he told us his sheep hears, hear his voice and we follow him. Okay. So he gave me this beautiful um First, he gave me this sentence the other day when all of this started. And then today, as I was going back and revisiting the things that he had said, because I wanted to be clear, he gave me a beautiful way to explain it. The, the sentence he gave me the other day was, okay, I, and I want to read it so I get it exactly right. Let me see if I can find it real quick because I got a bunch of notes. He said, his voice isn't always audible, which many, many, many of us know. His, the father's voice is not always audible. He said, it's directive. I mean, it came so clearly. His voice isn't always audible. It's directive. Okay, and what does that mean? He said, his sheep hear his voice. We know his voice. We follow him. And, uh, and then go to the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. He leads me besides the waters. He leads me, he leads me, he directs me. So sometimes, so here is the example Father gave me today to help explain it to some of us who are struggling to be able to hear God's voice. And I'm going to use mu music because that's what Father used with me because that's something I'm familiar with. But it's also something most of you are familiar with as well. So uh, I'm going to say it this way. In, a, in an orchestra, you have all of these different musicians and you have the conductor or the director of the orchestra. Usually it's a choir director or a, an orchestra a conductor, but anyway, we're gonna use the, both words, a director, a conductor. When, whether you're in a choir or an orchestra, you have to learn how to play your instrument before you're able to be in that setting. You can't just go buy an instrument and go sit down and join an orchestra not having any idea what you're doing and be expected to know how to follow the director. Uh, be with, you're not going to be able to um, know how to play the instrument and all that stuff. So you and I are the instruments and we have been invited to be in this choir or this orchestra. And we need to know how to follow the conductor, follow the director. Well, in order for that to happen, we have to have gone through the years of practicing our instruments, of learning how to play, learning how to read music, learning all of the different uh, dynamics that are involved in playing, what all the little symbols mean to play loudly, softly, to play hold a note for a long time, all of the crescendos and the decrescendos and all of the different parts of 
music. We have to know that. And we have to know how to play our instrument well. That means practice, 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 practice. I used to listen to Chuck say, he would, he told me when we first got married, he would talk, he would tell me about David and how, and Chuck did the same thing. How when David, his son was little, he wanted first, I think he wanted to play the drums. Was that right, honey? He wanted to play the drums first and then uh, bass and, and David's just gone on and now has he has a recording studio he's a phenomenal musician he's taught himself how to play all these different instruments but when he was little Chuck would instill in his little son that he needed to practice his scales same thing over and over you know running up and down the scales da -da 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 -da, uh, up and down scales up and down scales okay that as boring as that may seem to be to uh, someone who wants to just get out there and play all this big, fabulous music. To become an excellent musician, you need to know your scales. You need to know how to play your instrument well. And then you can go on to the big things. The problem is a lot of times in the body of Christ, we wanna be in the big things all, all from the beginning and we don't wanna learn how to play our instrument. We just wanna be able to get in the orchestra and sit down and play because wow, that'll be an awesome thing. But we are not willing to take the time to practice. <sighs> okay, you guys. Oh, Father, please don't let me forget any of this. And so then, so now let's say You've learned. You were in band in school when you were a little kid. You picked up an instrument and your parents got you an instrument. You started playing that instrument. Next thing you know, you're in a band or you're in an orchestra and you are playing your instrument and you're learning and you're still making mistakes and you're learning how to follow the direction of the conductor, the leader, the director. Now, I think we all know who that is. <laughs> That's God. That's our Father. Okay, so the whole thing I started to tell you about for this particular example was that people say they don't know how to hear His voice. When you have practiced your instrument for years and you've gotten to the place, you've gone through all of this with the trial and error, hitting the wrong notes, playing the right notes, making the squeaking sounds that drive parents crazy, and finally getting it to where you can play that instrument, you are also along the path. As you're growing you're, and you're in band or you're in the orchestra, you're learning how to keep your eyes on the director so that you know what you're supposed to do. You, you have your sheet music in front of you. You have the, the conductor or the director up there uh, standing in front of the whole orchestra, leading the band, leading the choir, leading the orchestra, whatever. And you have to follow the direction of that leader. Now, here's the thing. The director just, and you guys, please get this. Those of you who are struggling to hear God's voice, please get this. Well, I hope you get all of this, but please hear this part. Really listen to this. Oh, thank you, Father. The director does not stand in front of the choir or in front of the band or in front of the orchestra and yell 
the directions about when the instrument is supposed to play, how the, the level of volume or the dynamics as they call it, the dynamics, when to hold and slow down the pace and increase the pace, the tempo, when to do all of these different things. The director doesn't stand in front of the people and yell that information out. Some of that is in here. Some of that information is in here in the body of Christ. A lot of it is. But our director lets us know how to play the notes, where to go in the song. He leads us, you guys, and he doesn't do it by yelling the instructions. He does it with movement. This is such a powerful this is such a powerful way to say it, and I know God gave it to me. He does it by movement. He does it in the, he or she does it with the movement of their hands as they're conducting the music. He slows them down. He speeds them up. He increases the volume. He softens the volume. It's not all audible. It's not a director that does not stand in front of, can you imagine that? It's going to hear a beautiful orchestra, uh, uh, an orchestra play a beautiful piece of music and the conductor standing up there yelling, okay, drums, play a lot louder. Okay, flutes, slow down. Okay. He's not going to do that. He's going to lead. He's going to lead with movement. God leads us with movement. I'm going to go right back to a passage you've heard me, if you've been following us for any length of time, that you've heard me use so many times. Some of you already know what I'm going to say. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Father has ways of directing us. Sometimes it's through impressions that come. Sometimes people would call it intuition or whatever, but it's it's the impression or the leading of Holy Spirit. Go this way. Go that way. Do this. Don't do that. Don't say these things. Say these things. Spend your time here today doing this. He has ways to lead us without an audible voice. He is a conductor. Every part of him leads us. He, it's not a thing where we have to hear an audible voice, okay? So for those of you who are struggling with, I don't hear him. How do you hear him? Pay attention. And this is the student. This is the student with the instrument in the, in the, in the band or in the, in the orchestra learning to follow. First, you have to be willing to practice the instrument. And then as you learn your instrument, as you, as you learn to follow the word of God, as you learn to obey him, know that he is in front of you directing your path. He's leading you because you have the music, you have his words in front of you, and he knows how to lead you through what he's taught you as you've spent time practicing your instrument, which is being in his word and spending time with him. So let go of the thing that says, well, I can't hear him. I don't know how you hear him. Yes, you can. You're just expecting to hear him perhaps audibly. Okay, Father. I had a, an experience many years ago in which uh, 
as some of it, I've shared part of this experience before as a dream. 33 years ago, <laughs> my goodness sakes. I remember when I had it. Um, and in this experience, I was running out onto a stage and I, and those of you who have heard this before know I'm gonna tell you there was, <clears throat> I had been, there were people that were waiting to hear, uh, that were waiting to hear something. And I was the first one in my family to get out on that stage. And when I got out there, I turned around and looked in the orchestra pit, although it wasn't a pit, it was an elevated, uh, they were on, anyway. Uh, and not all the musicians were there. The ones that were there were not all ready. Some of them were tuning up their instruments. Some of them were pulling their sheet music out of their bags. Uh, some of them were just adjusting them on the stands. Some of the seats were still empty. And I was shocked because it was time for that orchestra to be playing and they were not prepared. But as I ran out on the stage, and this was for my part, you guys, just please understand, I'm not saying I, this is about everything, but this was for my part of what Father has called me to do. As I ran out on the stage, he spoke to me and he said that I was to be, Vicki was to be, I was going to be the director until the true director came. Now that's just for my little area of responsibility that Father's given me. Everybody has their area of responsibility, but he was telling me that. You have areas of responsibility. You have uh, your own instrument to play. Everything we choose every day this is going to tie back in to the first part about people choosing to put things in their bodies or not put things in their bodies. Every single day, part of our practicing to, to know how to play the way Father wants us to do is to make sure that we ask Him to direct our paths that day, each day. Who do you want me to be in touch with? Who do you not want me to be in touch with? Who do you want, how, what do you want me to do today, God? You know, if I am, if I am really practicing, if I am really in my scriptures, and this is the practicing part, if I haven't made that clear, spending time in the word, spending time with the word, doing the things we know, as we practice, we become more and more adept, more and more skilled at playing that instrument, which is us. We become more um, suited to be in that orchestra where the conductor is going to direct us throughout every day, every note, every phrase, all of the different things that we have to play each day. So. If you're struggling, because people say, well, you have to use wisdom. Absolutely, you have to use wisdom. And here's the wisdom. You go to God and say, well, this person um, did or didn't do, and this is just an example, did or didn't do that thing, that uh, government issued, we want you to do this thing. Well, and so whichever side of the fence you're on, well, they did it or they didn't do it. So what am I supposed to do now? Am I still supposed to, do you want me to interact? What do you want me to do? Uh, I'm going to probably guess that unless there's another reason for God to say no, he's going to tell you to love him and to, uh, and then he's going to take it from there. <laughs> but don't cut yourself off from the body of Christ, the part of the body of Christ that's made a decision. And you know, this goes way beyond just the, uh, 
uh, putting this stuff in our bodies because leadership in nations are telling us to do that. This goes to every area of our walks with the Lord. Don't look at somebody and say, well, they're uh, a Catholic and I, I'm a, a Baptist and so we can't interact. Don't do that. There are no signs over the doors in heaven. We cannot afford to do that here on the earth. We are practicing learning how to play beautifully for our master conductor. And so we need to uh, be willing to be completely open to whatever Father God wants us to do. And it's scary, you guys, because there's so much deception in the world. I. I just really feel like God's saying, okay, this is your time. You need to make a decision. Now, I'm not pointing at you guys. I'm saying he's saying to his people, you're going to have to make the decision. Are you going to be afraid of what's going on in the world? Are you going to be afraid of the things that are coming? Are you going to live in fear? Is fear going to be your God or am I going to be your God? Is hate going to be your God or am I going to be your God? Who's going to be the conductor in this orchestra? Who's going to be the one that stands in front and leads and directs the musicians, the body of Christ. Who's going to be that person? Is it? Go are you going to sit under uh, my leadership and my direction, or are you going to run out there and get all on the bandwagon that says we have to be afraid and we have to go hide and we got to stay away from and look out for this and those people over there are bad and these people over here are bad and my goodness sakes, do you see the enemy chopping us up? the body into little bitty pieces. That's what he's trying to do. The other side of this, which is so exciting and also scary, is the thought that if I say, if I say I'm all in, then that means I will go anywhere and I will do anything and I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid because I put my trust in the Lord God Almighty. That's who I put my trust in. Not in something that can be put in my body, not in something that can prevent me, a place where I can hide so, then, so that those things that put that stuff in their body can't get near me. I, I put my trust in the Lord God Almighty. It's a big one. That's a really big one, you guys. Okay, let me see. I'm going to come back and look at some of my... Okay. Okay, so here's the next thing. Uh, with regard to this thing that's going on in the world with people having this stuff put in their bodies, a lot of people say, well, they've taken the mark and uh, that that's the mark and all that. And you guys, I know that there are strong arguments one way or the other. And again, I'm not going to get into the argument. I can do it. I'm going to say this instead. And I know, and somebody said, uh, and this is so true, God's separating the wheat from the chaff. He is. But the question is, do you and I know which ones are the wheat and which ones are the chaff? Honestly, I think the only one that knows is God. I mean, we can look we can look and go, yeah, but they're doing this and they're that and the other. And the other day when the Lord was talking to me about all this, he said, he said, I'm not going to go into this man's theology. But when the Lord was talking to me, he said, 
he put a face in front of me and that face was a man by the name of Alice Cooper who used to be a really bad bad example of uh, I mean he was he was a great example of doing what the enemy wanted what Satan wanted him to do musically and all that kind of stuff and and now that man uh, from what I've seen this the little bit I've seen loves the Lord he's covered in horrible disgusting really awful nasty tattoos and I mean not nice tattoos just really bad and uh, he was just like he was a rocker for Satan and now he loves the Lord if before he changed if before God got a hold of him and he said yes to him if you would have looked at him you would have many people not saying you but many people would have said that man's gone straight to hell if people would have looked at me when I was in all of the stuff that I was in that I don't even want to name I mean I'm not I'm not I'll I know I've been forgiven for all of it but there's no there's nothing beautiful about what I used to do um, people looked at me back then when I was in okay all right father addiction and alcoholism and just a crazy smoking fiend and uh, prostitution and all of that stuff if people would have looked at me back then I'm sure they many did they would have said she is going to burn in hell forever I mean I just I did all of the bad stuff all of the wrong stuff but God knew that I wasn't chaff I, he knew that one day he was going to get a hold of me and I was going to just grab hold of him and never let go. And he knows that about everybody. So when we look at somebody and say, well, they have taken this stuff in their bodies and that stuff is the mark of the beast and all this kind of stuff. So they're, you know, they're going to turn into a zombie and this, that and the other. I think what we need to do instead is to look at one another and say, I don't know what God's plans are for you but I know what my responsibility is, and that is to love you. Like I said earlier, we are all in a test all of the time. Are we learning to love? Are we, or are we choosing fear? Are we choosing, are we choosing to eat at the enemy's table? Or are we choosing to dine at God's table where he says he's prepared that for us in the presence of our enemies and our enemies are not the people you guys our enemies are the demonic that our enemies are, are Satan and the fallen angels and all that kind of, that those are our enemies and and the ones who allow themselves to be used by him by the enemy we don't know we don't know if they're wheat or chaff but God does I bet so I bet probably most of us have seen or heard of testimonies of people who used to be witches or warlocks um, so it doesn't whatever it is the we're called to be the example we are called to love we are called to forgive we are called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ we are called to go into the world heal the sick raise the dead cast out the demons cleanse the lepers all those things that that our Savior did the ones that we say were his daughters and sons the ones we you know here we are saying we belong to God Almighty he's our father well then why why would father who had one son come and cleanse and heal and deliver and do all of those things look at the rest of us and say well you guys don't have to do that we're supposed to be learning how to walk 
the kind of walk that our Savior did. Now, I completely realize this is going to create, uh, people are going to be really divided on this. And I'm just going to encourage you, even if you don't agree with what I'm saying, please pray about it and go back to scripture and see what our call is. Our call didn't change just because now there's a, a because there are uh, weapons that are being used against humanity in new ways. Our calls never changed, you guys. How we walk in those calls, what Father wants us to do, we're only going to get that information by staying in His presence and asking Him to direct our paths every single day. You know, this is the promise that we have, that if we will trust Him, we'll throw everything aside and trust Him, and we will not depend on what we think, not try to reason it out, but because if we're trying to reason it out, we're going to talk ourselves out of doing what God wants us to do an awful lot of the time. We have to trust him completely and lay down our own opinions and agendas and all of this stuff because we see so much stuff about what this is and what that is and what this will do and all that. And and just take it all to him and say, what do you want me to do? And how do you want me to respond this day? What is my assignment this day? We, we at, we're at that place. We have to make that decision. Um, that's why I said, okay, defining moment. That's it. That's what it is. Thank you, Father. This is a defining moment for the body of Christ. Who are we going to be? Are we going to follow the, follow the one that we say is our Father? No matter what. It is so easy, thank you, Father. It is so easy for us to say, I'm going to endure to the end, and boy, I'm going to do whatever the Lord wants us to do. But you guys, we need to be really realistic. Peter walked with Jesus for how many years? Three plus years. Never was he going to turn his back. Never was he going to deny him. And when it got really, really hard, he absolutely did. Yes, he came back and repented later, and God used him mightily. But we don't want to be like that. We want to, because what we're going through now is way different than what was going on back then. Now, anybody, people that are in our families may have done something or not done something by the government uh, ordered stuff. And so families are dividing. And we know scripture talks about how he didn't, uh, the Lord didn't come to bring uh, peace, but a sword. But we need to make sure, we just need to make sure that we're standing in the right place on the right side. And the right side isn't about a substance. The right side is about a savior. Oh, that was so good. Thank you, Father. The right side is not about a substance. The right side is about a savior. So we need to be on his side. Okay, now that takes me to what I think might be the last thing. I know I'm, I'm talking a long time, but there's a lot of stuff that God's been talking to me about. The other thing is that I'm getting a lot of emails from people, and I see it in comments from time to time, people that say, well, I've already, with regard to this even, the, this very substance that we're talking about, and, and this just is a piece of it. But people will say, well, I already had him put it in my body, and so I guess I'm damned to hell and everything. And then other people who will write and say, I don't understand because I watched a video and somebody said, well, if you're having sickness or if you're having this, that, or the other, then uh, you're, in, you're under judgment and God 
God won't forgive you. That's why you're going through this. And so you're going to hell. There's a lot of false teaching out there on the internet and in the churches and even in homes and church, house church. There's just a lot of stuff. Okay. A few minutes ago, I said the part <clears throat> about God knowing who the wheat and chaff is. And we know that he talks about enduring to the end. And yes, he gives us the ability and he calls us to endure to the end. Wait a minute, I'm going to sneeze, so I'm going to stop for a second. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for staying with me. Okay. So people are really struggling and feeling like they've gone too far. They've done the wrong thing. They're, uh, or people with sicknesses or... Uh, some kind of physical ailment, not being healed, not feeling like they're hearing from God, feeling like he's turned his back on them. Um, you guys, I want to specifically address, I want to specifically address people that feel like they just can't, they either can't continue because they're, they're in so much pain or so much sickness or, or they don't feel like they hear God. And we already talked about the hearing God thing in the whole, in the whole thing about him not always and being an audible voice but being but ha but speaking to us directly a directive that he's a is a directive voice but um setting that aside for a moment let's look at this we have a choice and i said it before i know that it's true it will be because father has given us the grace because he's called us to be able to endure to the end and we will be able to do that only because of his grace, his strength to be able to do that. But the deal is we still have to make a decision. The enemy is going to lie because he's done it to me. I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, him, he did it to me in such a strong way years ago that I, I really felt like this was how bad it was. I felt like I was going to die at any moment. Anytime I looked in the mirror, I was shocked because I looked normal. But I couldn't feel God's presence, and I was so used to his presence, and I've talked about this in other videos. I could not feel the Lord's presence, and I know it's not about feeling his presence, but when you are used to feeling Father's presence, and you cannot, for whatever reason, and, and it was... I'm not going to go into all of it. I just say that when I couldn't feel his presence, I, and the enemy was screaming at me that I had sinned my last sin, that God was finished with me. <clears throat> and when that happens to you and you look in the mirror and you feel like you're just going to die at any moment, and Satan's screaming, you're going to hell, you're going to go to hell, God's done with you, then it's a terrifying thing. And so when we, uh, when we understand that the enemy is always going to tell us that we can't do it, we're not going to make it, that if God loved us, he would heal us. If God loved us, then we would be able to hear his voice. If uh, the enemy's telling us you can't hear him because you don't belong to him and he doesn't want you, <clears throat> we need to recognize that voice. That is the voice of the liar. That is absolutely the voice of the deceiver and the liar. God says that anyone who comes to him, anybody who wants to come to him may come to him and he will not turn them away. Father's promises that he is going to continue to work in us until the coming of his son, until we are reunited with our, with our Savior, with our Father God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So right now in the fires that we're all in, and we're all in different fires, some of those fires are the same for all of us or most of us, but 
for the most part, we all have our own personal fires we're going through and it's a purification process. We can't sit down and give up. We, okay, so if you did something and somebody said, well, I started to use that reference a moment ago. Um, you did something, you put the stuff in your, you let them put stuff in your body and then you've heard that these are the things that are gonna happen or you're damned now and all that kind of stuff. Continue, it doesn't, stop listening to the voices, go to God, stop listening to the ones that come and whisper in your ears because the enemy whispers in our ears all of the time. If we will not, uh, if we don't cast down those vain imaginations, if we don't, we have to make the decision because this is obviously, this is where the real war is going on in our minds. And even though our bodies are struggling, our or uh, there are issues going on other than physical that we're dealing with, unless we make the decision to stop, put everything down and take everything to God and say, whatever I have to go through, if I'm going to be in this sickness for the rest of my life, if I'm going to have this disease for the rest of my life, if I'm going to have to go through the rest of my life and not audibly hear your voice, if I am going to uh, listen to people say how I'm rejected by you uh, because of choices that I've made, whatever it is, Father, I am choosing you no matter what. Remember in the book of Nehemiah, when he went to God and he asked him, I know I've talked about this before, he asked him why God wouldn't move on behalf of the people and uh, and why he wouldn't deal with the enemy who was so wicked and why he was going to send that nation against a less wicked nation against Israel than uh, and not understanding and all that. And God had a response. And then Nehemiah came back and talked to the Lord again about something. And but the very end of the book, which is only a few pages long, Nehemiah says to the Lord, and this is what he's looking for in his people today. God is looking for this in his people today. Nehemiah said, it doesn't matter, I'm going to paraphrase, it doesn't matter if there's no crops, if there's no food, it doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if absolutely everything falls apart, yet will I praise you because you are my God. So whether it's your health, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's finances, whether it's housing, whether it's the way your nation is going, whether it's the the evil that just is constantly pounding you and will not quit, um, whatever it is, make the decision. That's why this, the defining moment, I, that's probably what I'm going to title this video. I think that's probably what Father keeps saying that to me. It's the defining moment. We can't look at a substance. We can't look at a circumstance. We can't look at our physical health. We can't look at what somebody else has done or hasn't done. We can't look at our past. We can't look at what's up ahead and make our decision based on any of those things. If we are going to be God's people, we have to do what our Savior did when he was in the garden, where he said, if there's another way, nevertheless, Nevertheless, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to carry this cross. I'm going to I'm going to die for this cause. This is the hill I die on. I'm going to die on this hill, God, for your people, for what you've sent me here to do. 
and our defining moment has really come much more quickly probably than a lot of us realize. But now we're in a place where as we see things continuing to progress, and I know there are a lot of people that say, well, it's all going to be backed off and everything's going to be okay. And, and people that say, we're listening to the wrong uh, channel if we're not believing that everything's going to get better. Well, I just pick up my scriptures and I just read what Father said is coming and I just listen to the things that he tells me and look and listen for his voice in the voices of others who are out there that he's speaking to also. And I hear this, circumstances in the world will get worse. Things are going to, it may look like things are getting better, but things are going to get worse. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked and the time is coming where the the choice to either be completely all his and say yes to him in every way or to turn is in front of us he is separating the wheat from the chaff i don't know if anybody else has had this thought i've had it a number of times and i would imagine that a lot of people have that belong to him that even if <clears throat> To the very best of my ability even if i even if i was chaff which i don't believe i am but even if i was my intention is to hold on to my creator god until my very last breath and then leave the judging to him i'm going to fail along the way i have failed miserably we all have but we have such a loving father let's give him the benefit of the doubt in this defining moment where we have been so many of us have been so angry and so afraid we've been sitting i've, I've said it this way uh, many times because this is the example father gave me quite a while back that there are two tables there's god's table and there's the enemy's table and we can dine at god's table and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we're always going to necessarily like the food but it's always going to be good for us <laughs> or we can dine at the enemy's table where all he feeds us is death and destruction uh, so you guys just be encouraged and know that uh that we serve a mighty god we serve the only true god the almighty god the Lord God Almighty, the one who loves us with a love that will never die. I hope that these, this message has been a blessing for you. Uh, please pray about it, as I always say. And I am going to play one of Chuck's songs. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, Father. Is there anything else? Nope, he said that's enough for now. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys. I love you. We both love you. And I'm going to try to put a video together really quickly and play one of Chuck's songs. We will be back soon. We'll be back actually this evening for morning sessions. God bless you. We are praying for you. Thank you for praying for us. Bye for now. Oh, we'll just buy my part for now. Chuck's part's coming.
Thank you.